Welcome to A Life Designed. My name is Tina Heisman. I teach busy moms how to get everything done and still have time and energy for themselves. My passion is for helping women create more heart-to-heart connection with their husband and children so they can feel deeply fulfilled in those most important relationships. The topic of today's podcast is a doozy, how expectations are killing the intimacy in your marriage. But before we get started, I want to let you know that I have created a free video on communication and marriage for you. This video is for you if you've ever felt like you can't get through to your husband or like he never listens to you, if you lose your cool during difficult conversations, or you're tired of fighting with him. In just 30 minutes, this video will help you lay the foundation for healthy communication in marriage and teach you how to handle difficult conversations so you can feel more connected and like you're on the same team as your husband. So visit the link in the show notes to access it. Also, I have a free private group on Facebook where you can come to get inspiration for your life. It's called A Life Designed, and I hope you'll join us. Okay, let's dive in and talk about how expectations are killing the intimacy in your marriage. So I am going to share with you a little story and then a teaching. So you might not have this exact story in your marriage, but I'm sure you can relate to it. Maybe at a time in your past when your husband did not meet your expectations. So for me, the story I'm going to share with you today is when my children were really little. I think, you know, my daughter was probably one and my son was probably four. And I had just joined a bunco group in my neighborhood. Yes, that's probably dating me, but it was so fun. This group, I loved it. It was a chance to get out with the other neighborhood moms and relax and talk and have fun. And I just loved it. And of course, on those nights, I needed my husband to, quote, babysit so I could go and relax. Well, one night I came home. It was probably somewhere between 11 p.m. and midnight. And I walked into a mess. All I can remember is that the family room was completely messy with toys everywhere. The anger I felt was immediate and volatile. Paul was nowhere to be seen, but I think he was in his office. And so I started picking up the toys and slamming them into the toy box. This was very unlike me, but I was so angry. So Paul came out of his office, and now he was angry too. And he said, what are you doing? I have no idea what I said exactly, just something about picking up the toys, and I was not nice about it. I think the venom must have been spewing out of my eyes. He said, you're going to wake up the kids. No words came out of my mouth, just more slamming of the toys into the toy box. I was so mad. Then he said, you get a night out and this is how you come home and react? Whoa, that was the wrong thing to say, mister. Right, you can probably agree with me on that. That did not go over well. So I heatedly replied to him, it's not a night out for me if I have to come home and clean up this mess. You should have done it. I was so angry. I can almost feel that anger in me right now as I'm telling you this story. I felt so disrespected. I felt unloved. I felt like he didn't care about me. And this is where the problem came in. Those feelings. (laughs) I tied emotions 
to the expectation that was in my brain that my husband would clean up the house before I got home. I expected that the house would be clean when I came home. And when it was not clean, I got angry and felt sorry for myself and made it mean a whole host of things like he doesn't care about me. But what I have learned since that time is that when we tie our emotions to the behavior of another person, we are asking for trouble. Check this out. James 4, 1 and 2 reads, What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You want something, but don't get it. Whoa. (laughs) I wanted a clean house when I came home, but I did not get it. I thought my expectation was reasonable. I wanted the toys picked up at the end of the night. We normally did that when I was home at night, and I expected it would be the same if I was not home. But do you think I communicated that verbally? (laughs) Cleaned up living room was important to me, but it wasn't important to my husband. He clearly did not care about the toys over the living room. He was busy doing something else. They were not a problem to him. But where the problem came in is when I tied my emotions to the messy living room. When I got angry and took his lack of cleaning up the toys to mean so much more than it did. It doesn't mean that I, didn't, I couldn't feel disappointed, right? It doesn't mean that we can't feel disappointed when expectations are not met. But when we make up stories in our minds that are huge, like my husband doesn't care about me, we are causing a lot of pain for ourselves and our husband, really. So there was a national survey on marriage in America completed. This was just a couple of years ago. I'm sorry, I can't remember the year. But the National Fatherhood Initiative completed it. And the, there were 45% of divorced respondents who said that unrealistic expectations contributed to their marriage ending. That's like almost half of all of the people surveyed, of the divorcees surveyed, said that unrealistic expectations were part of the contribution of their marriage ending. Yikes. I mean, that that just reinforces that this is a very important topic. Now, there are two kinds of expectations in marriage, realistic and unrealistic. Realistic expectations are for kindness and thoughtfulness and partnership and honesty, right? But unrealistic expectations, those might look something like expecting our spouse to always do things our way. When the truth is that marriage requires compromise. Each partner has a different background experiences that they're coming to the marriage with, and we might do things different ways. Another unrealistic expectation might be expecting our spouse to always make us happy, to do what we want to make us happy. But I have to say, you guys, this might sound a little bit harsh, but we alone are responsible for our happiness. We can't put that responsibility on anyone else. It's unattainable, right? Another unrealistic expectation is expecting our spouse to always revolve his life around us. The truth is, we're two individual people. We, we were that when we came together when we met, and we decide to willingly love and care for each other. 
And so we're individuals who come together, right? And another unrealistic expectation, thanks to the movie Jerry Maguire, is expecting our spouse to complete us. When the truth is, they don't complete us, they complement us, right? And so we want to take a look at realistic expectations versus unrealistic expectations. Because when we place unrealistic expectations on our spouse that they must behave a certain way, we're in essence attempting to force them to do or be something that we want them to be. We're ultimately trying to change them and control their behavior. Think about this. Do we really just want our husband following a rule book and doing everything we say even though they don't want to or because they're scared of us? I don't. I want my husband to do things for me because he wants to, because he understands that it would make me happy, because he loves me, not because I lose my cool and throw things. Expectations take away the ability for our husbands to delight us and surprise us and make us happy. Here's something else I would like you to think about. If we rely on another person to always meet our expectations in order for us to feel happy. We are giving them the power over our emotions. We're essentially saying, if my husband does something that makes me happy that I want him to do, then I can feel happy. But if he doesn't do it, then I'm going to feel sad. That's, that's a little bit too much pressure for another human being. And it's, it's giving our control of our emotions to another person when the reality is he he can't control our emotions only we can control them right this this approach is something like subconsciously that we're doing that we don't realize it and it causes a lot of conflict in marriage the true way for experiencing a happier marriage and more intimacy and more freedom is by letting go of expecting our husbands to behave in a certain way, really letting go of unrealistic expectations. I don't know if this visual helps you, but I imagine a string connected between me and my husband. The string represents the tie of my emotions to his behavior. When I let go of unrealistic expectations, I can cut the string and we're both free. I take a deep breath. (laughs) It feels so much better than worrying about whether or not he will do something that makes me feel happy or expecting it, right? Now, this doesn't mean that we can't ask our husband to pick up the toys on a girl's night out or tell him how happy it would make us or to take out the trash or whatever we would like to ask of him. It doesn't mean we don't get to ask those things. And it doesn't mean we don't get to feel disappointed, But I think we need to check those big emotions and expectations. And I've got two tools to help you with that today. The first one is to step back from the situation and calm down. Then you can try to have a conversation about it when you're calm, you know, at a time when you're not angry. And you can ask him about why he's not doing something that you have asked him to do or that you would like him to do. 
and kind of first making sure that he actually knows you would like it because we do make some assumptions sometimes. But you can ask him and then really listen to what he's saying to you. He likely has a reason that makes a whole lot of sense. That's what I found anyway. It does not necessarily what I would think or do, but it makes sense usually. So it's really helpful. And you know, I have a whole podcast about how to have a difficult conversation like this. So I'll post the link in the show notes because if you listen to it before you talk to him, it will help you have a conversation that is free from too much drama. (laughs) Okay, so that was the first step is just to step back, get calm, and have a meaningful conversation. The second tool is to analyze this situation that's got you upset. I have a special tool that I use. It's called the model, and it was created by master coach instructor Brooke Castillo. So in this model, it is, um, if you can imagine, it's like five lines of copy. And so the first line is a circumstance happens. And as a result of that circumstance happening, we have a thought about it. That's the second line. And then after we have a thought about it, that causes a feeling that we have about it. That's the third line. And then the fourth line is when we have that feeling, then we take an action or don't take an action. And then the fifth line of the model is that brings about a result. That action brings about a result, either positive or negative. And it really depends on your thought that you pick. So in the example that I'm sharing with you today, the circumstance is that my husband did not pick up the toys. I came home, there were toys on the floor. My thought was that he should have picked up the toys. And when I thought that thought, I felt angry. And when I felt angry, I started slamming toys into the toy box. That was the action I took. And the results of throwing toys in the toy box was an argument with my husband that killed the intimacy in our marriage for the evening. So when I can step back and look at this incident and put it into the model, I can see that my negative thought about him not meeting an expectation caused a negative result. And so now I get to choose, how do I want to think and feel about this? What do I want to do about this? You can see too that even if we pick a different emotion like disappointment, maybe if we're disappointed, we just go get ready for bed and we're not slamming toys into the toy box and causing a fight. Or maybe if we're disappointed, we walk into his office where he is and have a gentle, calm conversation, right? Like those, that's what I'm talking about with the emotions. Like the emotions are powerful and they can make or break an evening, really. I hope that makes sense to you. (laughs) If you want to look more deeply at this, in the show notes, I wrote out a sample of this model for you so you can see what it looks like and try it on your own. And you can use it to process situations, maybe when you have an expectation that was not met, to see how, you know, if how you handled it is how you want it to go. And if not, you can pick a different way to think and feel so that you get the result that you want. And it's, um, it's something I would be happy to help you out with too. I know it can be a little bit much when you're just learning about it. But the point is, so often just stepping back from a scenario is going to give us so much perspective and we can decide, like, is this something that I want to be angry and slam toys about? Or is this something I would rather have a, a meaningful conversation on, on a different time, right? And when when we have these little bursts, outbursts here of 
like getting angry over unmet expectations, once in a while, those things are normal and probably not going to cause too much trouble. But sometimes in marriage, these things are happening a lot. And that is going to truly kill the intimacy on a bigger scale in our marriage. And so we probably don't want that to happen, right? And so I hope that this just this kind of this talk about just thinking about expectations. Like, am I having reasonable expectations? Have I communicated my expectations? Like those kinds of things will really help you create more connection in your marriage. And I know that this is a bigger concept to grasp and every situation is different and so much easier said than done. I just would like to invite you, if you want help, more help on it, if you would like to work with a coach on it, reach out to me for a complimentary consultation. Then you'll get to experience what it's like to have the full attention of an experienced life coach listening to you in a non-judgmental, compassionate setting. That's so important. We'll take a look at where you are, what's going on in your marriage, where you want it to be, and we'll come up with a plan to get you there. Just this conversation with me alone is going to give you relief from the challenges you are currently facing. I can promise you that. So in the meantime, remember to download my free marriage communication masterclass and don't forget to join the Life Design community on Facebook. Thank you so much. I hope this was helpful and I'll see you next week.